Welcome to Intent, a series of conversations between a couple of friends where we share our experiences wrestling with real life. My name's Jim Sutton and I'm talking with a good friend, Steve Rouse. We're two of the pastors of Ballon Baptist Church and we're having these weekly conversations as a bit of an experiment. These conversations aren't planned in any way and may take the rambly scenic route from time to time, but our intent is to focus on real life, which itself can sometimes be fairly incoherent anyway. I'm wondering what it might mean to try and follow Jesus through it all. Today we explore relationships, kitchen traumas and forgiveness, with the odd suspiciously scented sandwich thrown in. Plus, as an added bonus, we had a bit of an audio quality issue with Steve's mic, but I don't think it detracts from the wisdom, wit and insight he offers. It's still there, I promise, you just might have to dig for it a little bit more. I've had an interesting morning. Um, I was washing up and I, uh, have this, I have this pint glass that is the only pint glass in, in our house. Um, and it's, it's my pint glass. You know, it's, it's pretty much it's the only glass that I drink out of. Uh, and it's, it's the one that I use uh, all the time for pretty much any, any. Which pub did you nick it from? Are we allowed to ask? That one? <laughs> Steve, come on. That's the question you are not allowed to ask. You're not allowed to ask. Okay. <laughs> Now I don't know is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I had this pint glass. It's what I used to drink. I, I drink a fair amount of water and it's generally got water in it most of the time during the day. Uh, anyway, I washed it up and uh, I, whatever, I misjudged the slipperiness of the bubbles and uh, it, it kind of tumbled out of my hands, uh, dinked off the side of the, the drainage rack uh, and then very lightly tapped itself on the bottom of the sink uh, and uh, smashed into a million tiny pieces, <laughs> which I'm not that bothered about. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't that bothered about the, the, I wasn't that attached to it other than it's what I drink out of all the time. And the fact that um, some fairy in our household has slowly, but surely got rid all of the interesting and exciting mugs that I've collected over the years. <laughs> so, uh my drinking receptacles have dwindled in number uh over the years uh so this was kind of like my one last bastion of um oh i don't know whatever it is uh so yeah this is what i drank from and now it's smashed into a tiny few tiny well quite a lot of tiny pieces and i had to ditch it in the bin um so i was i was not 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 annoyed about it but i was just like well there we go that's gone that's another chapter shut or whatever and then i looked down and i realized i had these um two uh significant but thin little marks on my fingers that were then like bleeding profusely and uh i just thought oh they'll stop in a minute you know just like they look like little thin cuts um but they just kept bleeding and bleeding and bleeding and bleeding so i eventually succumbed uh the way that all men eventually succumb to some sort of health crisis that they eventually do something about it so once once i'd realized that i was smearing blood all over the kitchen the sink on the walls i dropped some on the floor i thought i'm gonna put a plaster on these um because <laughs> i'm a responsible adult uh and uh yeah bandaged myself up and now i, now I feel like i should have been given a sticker for being brave but um i d- I don't know. It, it was just funny. Like I didn't even notice them happening. I didn't even notice being cut. They didn't. They didn't really hurt. They only hurt when kind of like you start picking at it with your finger and you realise there's a little flap of skin there or whatever that you you pick up and you you muck about with and and that kind of thing. But just I don't know. It just, it just made me think and reflect on. I not that I think deeply about everything all the time, but it just made me reflect on that that um, 
phrase of a death by a thousand paper cuts mm. that, that people often talk about um like that's that's how often relationships end whether it's a, a partnership a romantic relationship a friendship um sometimes it's a big it's a big thing which blows things apart but quite often it's just a, a death by a thousand paper cuts all these little incidental little things that happen um and at the time you you don't even notice that the, the cut's been made and mm. yet maybe maybe as as time goes on afterwards you realize hang on i'm bleeding a bit here this little flapper skin is somewhat uncomfortable and yeah i don't i don't, I don't know um it's yeah it just just made me think about um that as an image and also about like i wonder how many paper cuts people have been feeling within particularly this last year in lockdown you know like all those little things which have just slowly um been maybe making those little paper cuts on ourselves whether it's just uh and some of them are maybe bigger even than paper cuts whether it's not being able to hug somebody whether it's um the fact that our I don't know our our entertainment is so limited in terms of where we are you know we're, we're at home and it's generally on a screen or a device or it's a poor game or it's a puzzle or whatever you know like our, our avenues for enjoyment and play and all of that even for for work and meeting and and that kind of thing they've all been kind of taken down and i wonder kind of how many paper cuts lots of us have been under but it's only as kind of life goes on we'll start to realize that we're bleeding now that's that's not to make oh, i don't know i don't want to kick things off on too like bleak of <laughs> but like yeah it's just in in that moment it's just like oh i wonder that there must be a lot of this going on at the moment you know oh yeah and, I, and just to share with you in your you know because obviously it's a terrible man injury both caused by a pint glass and in the situation you found yourself in but i similarly and this is uh, this is a, this is probably even less um manly if i'm allowed to say that but um mm -hmm. i i similarly uh, um caused myself a very similar injury whilst trying <laughs> this is such a balance thing whilst trying to cut open an avocado for my brunch the other day oh you got avocado <laughs> hand oh no mate that's a real thing it's a proper injury. Well, i had a sharp knife and lisa just yeah. warned me at the wrong moment when the knife slipped through the avocado and went straight into my thumb it was only the bone that stopped it but um oh. yeah I, I had trouble suddenly trying to stop the bleeding and uh oh what it, yeah. you said it hit it your all, bone yes but it and it oh. almost it almost ruined my avocado but we we managed to <laughs> Oh, you mopped all the to... blood off it and carried exactly. it. Exactly, <laughs> we managed. <laughs> we oh, managed to. Lord. We managed to um, salvage salvage that. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm with you in this. This is, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's obviously been a bit of a painful week. But the kind of, um, it's funny, you know, I, I'd, I'd not heard that phrase until some years, a few years ago, and it, oh, it, it, it came to me at a time when. Um, I got yeah I was going through really like I was thinking why am I feeling so I don't know low like it was struggling whatever and then I remember hearing this this guy talk about this thing of death by paper cuts and it just made so much sense and for me it's like you you know one like it, it like that little snip whether it's a piece of glass or, or a knife just that you know one one little cut like that it's not going to do too much damage, but if you get enough of them, you can bleed to death, mm. you know, and the point being like, and, and, and the thing is for me, paper, that the way you said that, like paper cuts are caused by 
things that people generally say to you or things that are done to you um that you probably because it's like a paper cut you kind of absorb it but it's probably doing more than you realize so in our work you know for me it was like um if people well not just yeah not just in terms of the work but if people make any kind of negative comment about something you've done or they make just a little snide comment that may maybe was made in just just a bit of fun that, that was a comment about how you looked or how you dressed or, or your weight or whatever it is and again somebody not necessarily meaning to do too much damage but they don't know like most of us the insecurities that are inside mm. and therefore if somebody comments on your weight or whatever and um or on, on some aspect of how you've dressed that day or whatever it is um it just becomes like one of those little, like little cut little cut little cut little cut and if you collect enough of them and sometimes in our work i think you collect them over years and then suddenly you can oh my goodness i'm i'm you know i'm it's a bit bit dramatic but like i'm dying here like i'm this mm. you know and it's really it's really tough it's unintended but it's kind of that's um and i thought you know this has happened over working in this sphere for a number of years i've collected a lot of these kind of paper cut things and and they cause a lot of damage mm-hmm. i think they they just they i don't know they they add up and they 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 keep on going and I, I suppose like that that happens to all of us um in all, all kinds of ways you know and uh, I don't I don't know if there's I don't even know if there's a way of working through it but I, I suppose you might we, we all have to come to terms with the fact that there are some things that you just have to suck up you know like it, it's, it's not a case of like so some people can say something and it's kind of like well it's not really that damaging and it's not really going to help this relationship for me to go oh by the way when you said that then I'm I'm now going to go and fixate on it about it for two hours thank you very much goodbye kind of thing because um i think i'd struggle to say that in a um responsible and reflective tone of voice shall we say <laughs> without like being slightly barbed in my own and kind of just trying to mark another point against them or whatever um but i think yeah it's, it's kind of like how how do you process that where do we where do you go with that where do you take that to because i mean sometimes people say things um which are legitimate criticism you know that i mean like if you if I don't know, if you turn up late for something and somebody mentions about the fact that you've been late, well, it's kind of like, well, I have been late. Therefore, I can't, I can't have a bee in my bonnet about somebody being like making a little snarky comment about me being late. Now, I, I could have some take, oh, what's the word? Take umbrage at, at somebody's tone of voice. Fair enough. But like at the same time, there is legitimate criticism there. So I don't know. How, how do you navigate that world of like legitimate critique and when somebody is just kind of saying something um i don't know just just as a flippant remark about something that you wore or or that kind of thing or do you, do you still find that a challenge at the moment yeah definitely i definitely still find it a challenge you know i can't pretend in this area of life that i've got this licked at all but i think you know i think i think what it teaches the like anything like that like you you know your incident the incidents we took like my incident with the the knife and the avocado it's kind of like I, I've wouldn't... still got shivers in my spine because oh that. yeah it's not making should. me feel it's... good mate like I'm sure I haven't shared it it's, it is and to be honest the, the the greater thing is it's overshadowed my two tiny little cuts of my fingers <laughs> but it the thing is now this is 
I probably won't do it again. You, you learn from it. You do learn from it. And, and I think in this area, I would say you learn a lot about yourself. So, so, so I know for me as a person, and this won't be true for everybody, but I know if, if, if I speak to 100 people and 99 walk out saying something positive or how they were helped by it, but one person offers a critical comment or even a throwaway nasty comment, I'll, like you said a moment ago, I will go home and probably ruminate on the one comment and I'll tend to chew on that and and let it do it. And I think, why why are we, why am I, I don't know, why some of us like that? We We can't seem to hear the positive comments that encourage and build up and actually heal, to use the opposite analogy. We had the one that kind of is negative. The thing that and it really stayed with me. You know how sometimes you hear things that really do stay with you. But when I look back to when I first heard some teaching around that, A, it made sense. It was a brilliant analogy. So it made sense. I was like, absolutely. So you, what it helps you do is you begin to identify when the paper cuts happen. And you begin to think, OK, like you said, do I need to pay attention to this or not? But there are some paper cuts and they probably are a little bit, even a bit more than paper cuts. So it's, the guy said, to, uh, um, and it really helped me, he said, the only way you can respond to this is you have to practice forgiving that person. And I I know it sounds like the, I'm a Christian for It's like, it's the thing that's at the very heart of what I believe, but practically putting into action is a whole other thing. Mm. And, and with paper cuts, you kind of think, well, I'm not necessarily going to ring the person up and pick up on this tiny little thing and say it was a whole big thing because I don't think it's going to help them. It's probably not going to help the relationship. What I needed to do, what I did in that particular situation, just because I, as, as I was listening to this thing and understanding what death by paper cuts meant, I thought, you know, I can think of quickly, I could think of probably half a dozen people, individuals who, because of something they'd said or something they'd done or how they behaved, I felt they had caused a paper cut in me. And I just sat with it and processed it through kind of, Lord, I need to forgive this person, even if they don't know that they've done something to you, like they might not even be aware of any sense of needing to be forgiven. But within my soul, I needed to do that. And, and it genuinely was helpful. It genuinely healed those particular kind of paper cuts, as it were. Mm. I think that that's, yeah, definitely. And I think that's that's a massive it's a, oh, it's a massive different way of, of looking at it because I think oh, your natural inclination is like if you suffer a wound is to kind of like you you cover it up like you do you put a plaster on it you try and um, hold it close to you and um, oh, yeah without wishing to like push the metaphor too far rather than kind of actually the like you say the pathway to to freedom and healing is actually to forgive the person who has, has caused that injury rather than to kind of hold it close and dwell on it and be like, Oh, this has caused me so much pain. Um, but I think, I mean, forgiveness is, I mean, well done for tickling that. Um, what do you call it? I was going to call it a bag of snails. It's not a bag of snails, it's a can of worms. <laughs> oh mate, I'm, I'm pushing 40. This is not going well. I can't remember anything. <laughs> kind of worms and uh, yeah because i mean forgiveness is enormous you know like that um it's it's just huge um as 
as a, I don't know, a discipline, a part of life in trying to navigate when you forgive? How do you forgive somebody who's not sorry? How do you forgive somebody who doesn't even know that they have offended you or caused you some pain? And I think it's it's a massive, massive part of of anyone's existence. Um, I think within kind of um, a faith background within Christianity, particularly, like I think, I think forgiveness is a huge area that quite often doesn't get a lot of um, airtime apart from kind of us individually getting forgiven. Like it's kind of like, oh, it's okay because God forgives me. And if somebody's annoyed at me, then I know that they should forgive me because that's what they should do. And we, we don't often kind of take the the other end of that um, kind of thing. You don't look at the other side of the coin, the same coin, which is like the forgiveness that we need to offer other people. This kind of, I don't know, this part in the Lord's Prayer that people would have, I don't know, what I, maybe they'd said at school or something else, this kind of forgive us, forgive us our sins, the things we do wrong, trespasses, as we forgive those who, um, who trespass against us, who sin against us. And... It's kind of like we're, we're quite happy to take the first bit, but we, we don't really want to do the second bit, particularly if the person's not sorry. And I think, I think, like not to over-spiritualise this, but I think sometimes in the church we don't do ourselves any favours because our own forgiveness with God often gets couched in language of us going to God and saying sorry, and therefore he forgives us. And it's kind of like we don't get forgiven until we're kind of contrite, until we're kind of willing to kind of say, okay, God, I recognise that I'm going the wrong way. And then God forgives us. And yet what, what I read of in the Bible is, um, and we shared this before, but like just that verse from Romans 5, where it says like, while, while we were still sinners, while we were still going our completely own little way, Christ died for us. That the, the doorway to forgiveness was open long before we ever realized. It's not that suddenly us saying sorry pushes the go button on it or anything. It's not that then God goes, yes, Jim has said sorry. We'll check that one off the balance. You know, we it's it's very easy for us to f have like a functional karma. It's like kind of like that as as long as we kind of well, that's the wrong phrase, but as long as we kind of ch we clear our our kind of balance book at the end of the day, as long as we say sorry for everything we've done wrong, then God wipes it all out. But that's not that's not the way it works. But the problem is we, we we can end up thinking like that, and we take that into our own relationships with other people. And therefore, it's kind of like, well, I'm not going to forgive them until they say they're sorry. And all, all of this stuff, which, I mean, it can be a very um, beautiful thing for somebody who is um, sorry about the, the hurt they've caused someone and that, that individual is able to forgive them. But if, if that person has no inclination, no understanding of, of the hurt they've caused, how, how do you go about forgiving them? It's, it's, it's very difficult, particularly if you've kind of you're, you're couched in your own story of of needing to say sorry before you are forgiven yeah and I think you know I've, I've been the parent of two children you know and you think with with your children I don't know you you find within yourself a, a kind of love for them and an awareness you're very aware particularly when they're toddlers you're very aware that they're going to make many, many, many mistakes and do things that are wrong. So it's almost like this describes what you just described. You, you're going to forgive them. You know, you're going to you're, you're going to need to be forgiving because you know they're going to make a lot of errors. But as part of that, you you start to learn that there is a cost to when we do things that that hurt or harm others in some way. Um, 
there's a cost to that and somebody has to bear that cost um and and, and you kind of have to help them like it's part of the becoming a human process as it were that you're helping them to understand that you've got to point out sometimes where something has hurt somebody else and find a way of processing that because i think i mean we, even though we try and learn that and teach our children it's not easy because i was just thinking back on what you said a moment ago that you know where do you go with the kind of papers where do you go with the stuff when people are hurting you how it can build up in us is in other emotions that come out what we tend to do it's a bit like what we've literally begun our conversation with we we put a plaster over it and in okay in a physical sense that will help it to heal but we put a plaster over it and don't necessarily face up to it but where it comes out certainly for me in my life where it comes out is in a kind of hidden anger that's there it just bubbles up and you think where on earth did that come from why have i just reacted like that in traffic or why have i just reacted like this my wife's dad lisa's dad um who's a, a, a baptist minister he <laughs> this will show my age because i remember what he's talking <laughs> about he used to talk about um and some some folk listening may, may know this collecting green shield stamps so when you used to go to get your petrol at the garage you used to have this book and i used to put these green shield stamps in them and then when you when you'd collected in enough when the book was filled up you could cash it in for i don't know some like a pint glass from the from the <laughs> garage or something <laughs> you, you, he and he used that analogy to say this is how this is another way of seeing the paper cuts this is what we tend to do in life is we collect these kind of things along the way um you know somebody said something nasty to me or this happened to me and we and he, and he said when the book's full we tend to cash it in on somebody um and 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 they get they get far more than they deserve because the things built up in you so i think in a, in a lot of ways you kind of um if you don't face these things they they, they build up in you mm. but what i find in you know as a again as a human being but within christianity is we love the fact that our faith teaches us that we can be forgiven, but practicing it in the everyday with the people around us, like I see it again and again in our church or any church community, but in our church community where somebody will have fallen out with somebody else because of something they've said, and it's usually relatively a small thing. And you begin to say, hey, the way you need to heal that is... You need to walk that challenging path of forgiveness. You need to reconcile with each other. And very often people are like, I, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I would rather, I'd rather disconnect from this relationship, even disconnect from this, this church community and go somewhere else and start again. Mm. Well, the reality of that is you can go start again somewhere else, but you will carry with you the pain and hurt of that thing it'll just go with you into somewhere else and i think i think forgiveness is learning about it is um it both is this incredible thing that jesus teaches us to do but it's so it's so health healthy and practical for dealing with the stuff that we go through day to day and some of the things that people say because mm. the alternative is to become you know the alternative is um you know, I, re I just become bitter, I become closed, I've got, I kind of, you know, I go down a whole other path. Mm. Mm. What? Well, I mean, it's, oh, I, 
I've got a habit of attributing everything to Nelson Mandela, but I think this may well be attributed to him. Um, which is that thing of like unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for somebody else to die. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of like when when we fail to forgive somebody and we just hold on to that resentment, it it affects them not one tiny bit. Yeah. But it just chews you up and makes you this kind of shriveled, lifeless, um, yeah, heartless cold kind of person and yeah i heard it's funny i heard nicky gumbel say this morning he said um i was listening to him on um online and he said uh it's letting somebody live rent free in your head it's like mm. just you're you know they don't realize they don't realize but that, that that's what's going on mm. yeah i reckon that's definitely definitely nelson mandela <laughs> so how, i mean let's let's flip it around then how how do you uh, knowing all of this that we do um let's shine the light on ourselves like how do we pre- how do we prevent ourselves from paper cutting other people cool. uh, <laughs> how how do we whether it's i don't know like i mean that the, the the one that it happens probably most often in is kind of within marriages or within the the lives of people you spend all day every day with um whether it's in relationship with your children even relationship with your parents what what can we do to to stop ourselves reacting in those tiny snide um passive aggressive ways that end up being those paper cuts for other people that's a great i think it's a great question and i think i think the tough thing is and you're right i think often the people that are on the receiving end of our um kind of causing the, the damage are the, often the people that are closest to us um I, I think I suppose for me, it's becoming somewhat. It's becoming self-aware and realizing when you when you've been hurt yourself, when you know that a comment about a certain thing um, causes damage to you. I, I can only speak about myself in this. It's made me much more aware of the I'm not saying I'm, I, I therefore never hurt anybody but it's made me try to be really careful about what flippant comment I make towards somebody else um because we're much more fragile than than perhaps we like others to believe and therefore I try to be it's literally about trying to I was thinking about what the bible says you know trying to be careful with my my tongue you know in terms of what I say you know that thing it talks about how um you know it's the, the tongue's a small thing but like a like a match it can set a whole forest on fire you know that mm. i've just got to i've just got to know that when i make a comment towards somebody else and it doesn't just have to be actually you know it's not just about a negative thing sometimes if we overpraise people or whatever it's just trying to be measured in in the language we use mm. um trying to just trying to be aware and trying actually it's funny how so I, I remember when I was studying um, at college and they were talking about how you give feedback and no matter how many times the, the, the tutor would say if so in our training you know when we're trying to be preachers or whatever and somebody's just preached a message said, right what did you no matter how many times the lecture said what did you like about it there were people in the class chomping at the bit to say what they didn't like you know people love to jump in with that and it's yeah well i mean it's it's that old thing of like you say something nice then you say something 
critical <laughs> then you say something nice now there's no getting away from it it's still i i i can't use the the pithy nice little phrase for what this is but it's effectively two slices of bread with some sort of um bodily uh not fluids but <laughs> produce in the middle of it now i'll let you draw your own conclusions from it. i think we get what you're <laughs> good lovely go lovely i'll stop i'll stop sweating um but like you there's no getting away from the fact that that's what you're trying to give someone. It's like you're just trying to make the bit in the middle palatable. Um, and I, yeah, I think I think there is there's a whole bunch that can be done around the way that we that our tone and the way that we say things. I mean, like I know um, I, there's there's a guy Sam who who we know um, who's a, a lovely guy runs his own business locally, and I've. He, he is one of those people who is incredible at giving people critical feedback um, that he gives people the, oh, there is absolutely no, when, I don't know, no, uh, there's no hesitation, there's no suspicion that he's not on your side. But it allows him to be extremely direct with people and say, look, you've done this, you've done that, that needs to be more like that. But you go away thinking, right, thank you. I really appreciate that. And now I can go ahead now. But for the life of me, I have no idea how to deconstruct that and go, what, what is Sam doing there that enables him to do that? For me, it's kind of like magic. But um, I see the power of it, you know, because um, I think our, our tone and the language that we use and the impression we give people does so much, you know, it impacts people so much. I mean, I'm a big fan of that um, Maya Angelou quote that, says like she that she she said that people won't remember what you did or what you said uh but they will remember how you made them feel and i think i think it's massive you know we we kind of get hung up on what were the exact right words to use or whether you say something nice before you say you critique or whatever but if your only intention is to give the critique that will come through loud and clear no matter how much you try and fluff it up no matter how much you try and um I don't know, put the thing in a sandwich or try and glaze it and put some fancy writing on the top of it. That if you're if in your heart the only thing is trying to give them the the bad news, as it were, then that's that's all that's gonna come across. However, if you're if your posture is towards that that person's good and I don't know, try trying to help them in that, or or just simply trying to be alongside people, to to be like, hey, I'm for you. I am I'm not somebody who's sitting on the sidelines trying to critique you. I'm not somebody who's sitting on the um sitting in the crowds kind of booing or cheering whether somebody does right or wrong but i'm i'm in the arena with you you know i'm i'm someone who's a part of this i don't know game of life or whatever you want to call it yeah and I, I think i think if nothing else it's it's having that awareness that i have the potential to do that to other people i think sometimes we can be so unaware and think oh well, that i would never do that to anybody else i, I never say anything that you know, hurts or harms, and we're going to be so blind to the, t like you said, the tone we tend to use, the the words we say, and and I mean the only the only way sometimes, and I, and I see this, I see this with Lisa sometimes, and she's and she's brilliant. She'll, you know, she'll um, <laughs> she, sometimes in our relationship, you know, I've I I've been unaware of something that I've been saying that's been getting to her. Um, and sometimes she's almost had to shock me out of it, you know, whether it's a, you know, literally a suddenly she's got angry with me or she's, um, she's, even, I, I don't know, whatever. She's just made me aware that 
what I've been saying or the tone I've been using has been hurting. And you're like, ah, oh, oh. and then I think the key is you, again, you think these things are the most obvious. You think they're easy. You've got to be willing to back down and go, you know, I'm really sorry. Mm. And I've, I've done that. I've had to do that, obviously, in, in family life, marriage, you know, with the kids, go to the kids. Some people find that hard to do, but sometimes I've had to go to my children and say, you know, I was completely out of line with what I said then. I'm sorry. I've had to stand up in public, you know, in front of my church community and say sorry. You know, in terms of you just realise you've made a flippant comment. You said something that's out of turn. You've been made aware of it. And I do think in our, you know, in our faith that spirit puts his finger on these things sometimes and you spirit you and you've got to be willing to kind of you know be where be willing to lose face whatever that is and to mm. say look and i hold my hands up admit what i did i'm sorry and and think to, again it's this thing of reconciliation that thing of constantly trying to find those ways of mm. put the relationship back together Definitely, definitely. And like those things in, in themselves can sound like, oh, that's a very small thing sometimes that kind of like where the incident feels small or the the gesture you might make to try and repair it might seem small. And yet, I don't know, the, the older I get, the more I recognize how influential small things are, like going back to the, the thousand paper cuts, you know, like all those little things add up. And I mean, like in, in my relationship with Sarah, one of the... Um, realizations i've had in in recent months is that i thought i thought what what i should be bringing to the relationship is that i should be bringing oh i don't know um i should be somebody who's kind of bringing home the bacon and having a, a job which gives our, our our family like support and that kind of thing i should be like dreaming big and um thinking about ways in which we can do extraordinary things together and and everything else and and you know just being being this wonderful chiseled um man god that i am you know and kind of physically in appearance and all of that you know that's well at least you managed that yeah. <laughs> i know right i know <laughs> so i mean th those are the things that i thought were like that that's that that would be the important things in a relationship and over the last few months what i've realized is that actually what what sarah most wants is she wants me not to slurp my tea when i drink it she wants me to be willing for her to put her cold feet on my legs in bed and it's all these other little things that you can just go like well that's just that that's just that but actually it's everything <laughs> yeah yeah that's <laughs> and, but, but i just muck about thinking it's about all this other stuff that i'm never ever ever gonna do and yet the things that are right in my hands and i can do something about it i just write off the things that are nothing and yet they're the very things that could bring life to everything <laughs> i don't know what i'm playing it <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We have these chats once a week as we explore being intentional about relationship together. So if you want to journey with us, then why not subscribe? You can find out more about Ballon Baptist Church on our YouTube channel or through Instagram at Ballon Baptist. Baptist.